Mosley and Simcox with you until 2 o'clock. We're going to hit the ground running. Uh, Jerry's just said some really interesting things about Kyle Pitts. Uh, we'll have more on the whole Kim Mulkey situation. We are, uh, we've reached out to the folks from Baylor, and it, as the days unfold here, they'll be on with us or me or, uh, or Tom Barfield, and so we'll get some good uh, guests going throughout the week and try to get some more. Uh, love to hear from uh, Baylor. Also talked to uh, Kim this morning, and uh, Kim will be on with us later this week, it looks like. So exciting stuff there. Uh, I do want to go, though, to Frisco, to the star, and listen in just a little bit on the Jerry Jones pre-draft news conference that is taking place live right now. Here is, uh, uh, you will hear from uh, Jerry's talking mostly. Mike McCarthy's there and also Stephen Jones. Let's go to Frisco real quick. One on Lee. Uh, we used our second pick on him. We had him as in the top, uh, uh, we had him in our top 15. Yeah. First round. We first round, round top first 15. Round. I forgot players. how many players we, we got him in the second round. And uh, so I'm not less likely to do something like that. Jerry, uh, there's a couple guys in this draft, uh, Patrick Sertan and J.C. Horn, who their uh, fathers both played in the NFL. Their uh, fathers both played in the NFL. I was wondering how much does that factor in when you're looking at a player? Does that help them, uh, their case, when you guys are maybe debating? For me, it does. Yes, it does. I believe in osmosis, sitting around the breakfast table, it works. We ask all the time, are they a coach's son? We ask that all the time. It really helps to hear it all day long, every day, and have it in your fabric to have been a part of that. They've, uh, uh, there's an awareness factor that uh, I would look to. But absolutely, my personally, and, and I think in general people, but we make that a point of reference. His dad was a horn that played uh, had a lot of time in New Orleans and was a great competitor, fair to say. I coached him for 10 years. I coached his father for 10 years. Hey, Paul, guys are here. Um, just curious what the latest is on Dak, his rehab, how he's assimilating with the team. Uh, it kind of goes for all three of you. Uh, just what, uh, do you have any update on him? I, who did you ask? I'm Dak. sorry. Dak, I'm sorry. And did you ask me or did all, all three of well, you? Yeah, all of us, Steve. <clears throat> well, I, you know, where we sit right now, I mean, couldn't be happier. I mean, I'm sure y'all get peaks out on the field. I mean, he's just doing an amazing job of uh, his work ethic, of course. Uh, you know, it's contagious uh, with his teammates. You know, one of the things that stuck out uh, stuck out about Dak's leadership last year is, you know, he was right back in the facility uh, right after he was hurt, and uh, you know, he's just, a, you know, his leadership is elite, and uh, of course, he's doing that out on the field, and he's just making a tremendous amount of, of progress, and we feel he'll be 110 percent ready to go. Is that 110%? What do you anticipate him doing in the offseason, Mike? Well, he's made a lot of progress lately. Actually, I was able to watch him work Saturday, and it is probably his most extensive work so far. So um, he's, he, he's, he's throwing, you know, he's, he's throwing now, so uh, doing the footwork drills. Uh, so he, he's, he, he's, make, he's made a lot of progress. Uh, very disciplined in his regiment. You know, he's here almost every day. Um, so. I'd say he's right on track, or maybe a little ahead of schedule. OTAs, then you can't do you expect him to do 11 on 11 work? I'm just hoping we have the OTAs. So. <laughs> if you have the OTAs. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry, 
Uh, Stephen, when you're looking at corners uh, and you're evaluating them, what matters more, playmaking ability or not giving up very much? I think both, especially you know when you're picking tenth, you, you want these guys to to check all the boxes. You want them to have the length to you know to obviously uh, deter the quarterback from throwing it that way. But if they do, uh, then you want them to have great ball skills and great playmaking ability uh, to turn the ball over. I mean, Mike, uh, <laughs> I think he says it about every 15 minutes, get the ball, and uh, you know we we did a good job of that last year on defense. We actually uh, you know had you know, some really good numbers on, on getting the ball. What we've got to do, obviously, on offense is protect it a little better. But finding these defensive guys that can uh, go get the ball are a premium, and uh, certainly the top guys at the draft, uh, in this draft, uh, not only have the length and the ability to, you know, get with these uh, bigger receivers, uh, tight ends if they need to, uh, and not only prevent the ball from coming their way, but if they happen to throw it their way, then uh, certainly can make a play on the ball, track the ball, uh, you know, pick it off. We are uh, live in Frisco at the Star as the Cowboys are going through their pre-draft press conferences. Jerry Jones, Mike McCarthy, and Stephen Jones, they're currently talking about what they look for in corners. We'll go back to that press conference now. This is the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas. you got to play more more man and zone match coverage over how you view it. So, I mean, that, that's, a, you know, that's a precedent. But it's, it's really the development, you know, the upside. And, and I think that's probably been the biggest challenge you know, outside of the medical is because you don't have as much information, you know, particularly if a player did play, only played four games last year, you just, all the different movement targets is really getting a really good assessment on where their ceiling is because, uh, you know, you have to develop these these young players. I mean, the draft is the backbone of your roster development. You know, once again, I can't say how important it is, not only at the defensive back position, but all these, these draft picks that, you know, they, they have a chance to develop because it's going to be a big part of our, our roster moving forward. So what do you look for? When you're looking at a, a defensive back, because we, you know, we kind of haven't talked to Dan, so, yeah. so what are you guys looking for? Well, you look at, I, I think you look at all players, you know, whatever positions. You can defensive back, you, you break down the, the physical, you know, the, me, the, measure, the measurables, and then, you know, the mental, you get a grade on that, and then the emotional component. But, you know, as, as far as the length, you know, short area quickness, um, I'm very focused on the, the ability to make plays on the ball. You know, I think the ball, the ball skill grade is, is something that we were paying close attention to uh, because it's about the football. I mean, the tur turnover differential is the most important focus of our football team outside of winning the game. So that'll be reflected in all of our defensive players, especially the defensive backs. Steven, do you feel like your backup quarterback is on the roster right now? Or do you feel like you got to go into the draft thinking maybe get somebody behind that? I'll also let Mike speak to that, but I will say this, uh, you know, back to the uh, what I always use is I think we're always player acquisitions 365 days a year. And if we see a, a situation that makes sense from us, uh, makes sense for us from a, a salary cap standpoint and upgrading uh, what we have on the roster or can create a more competitive situation, uh, then we'll certainly look at that. So I think that's a, you know, like any position on our team is a work in progress, but Mike can speak to our, our quarterbacks. Yeah, I think definitely we have three young guys that we, we're, we're enjoying developing. Uh, 
you know, all four guys, all four quarterbacks have, have you know participated in everything that's been available to them. So they're making progress. I, I, I'll just point to Andy Dalton. I think you know when he was acquired last year, and, and that just speaks to you. You're always looking to upgrade that position, whether it's by the draft, you know, free agency. But I would say we definitely want to add some competition to the room. Layton's injuries and the fact that that fifth-year option is now fully guaranteed at the time you got to put it on it impacted that decision that you have coming up. Well, anytime you make a decision like that, it's the, you know, I go back. It's the full body of work. Uh, you know, certainly uh, not unlike Shine, uh, Layton's had some unfortunate uh, injury situations, and uh, certainly we'll take a look at that and then, uh, uh, you know, put it all into the mix in terms of where we're going to be under the salary cap and not only this year but next year and uh, you know make a decision that's in the best interest uh, of our team whether we whether we exercise an option or not it doesn't mean at all that we're not interested in uh, if we didn't uh, keeping Leighton around here obviously if we do uh, that that solidifies that he's here 110 percent but uh, uh, certainly we'll get in a room and and uh, go over that and and make a decision Last year was so different. Um, is, is there anything about this year's draft in terms of on draft day, the setup you guys have in the room? Will anything be different, or are you guys going back to the way it was uh, two years ago, same number of people in there and things like that? We'll be the same number. They're going to have some limitations uh, on the number of people we can have in the war room, but we'll be all together uh, in the war room. The question will be the uh, final number uh, the NFL comes up with and uh, be a little more restricted than probably we had back two years ago. Who will be in the war room now? We won't get into the details of, of that until we uh, understand exactly what the parameters are and uh, how many people we have in there. 100% vaccinated. What's that? 100% vaccinated. <laughs> no, in the war room. Right. You going to miss bid on the yacht? What? A hundred percent vaccinated. Are you going to miss bid on the yacht? <laughs> 100% back to it. Several teams across the league have boycotted uh, voluntary workouts. What have the players been doing, and how helpful has it been to have players in the building, given how restricted your first option was with players? Um, our players are here. Uh, they're they're committed to what's available. You know, we're obviously well in tune with the guidelines of what an off-season uh, season program looks like, and what you can do to, for your players. So uh, we feel very good about what we accomplished in the first week, you know, especially we're way ahead of where we were this time last year. Um, so, yeah, our guys are here participating. 100%? Close. 100% virtual. But the virtual components, yeah. We have most of the guys are here working out, 10 at a time. In the draft process, have What's it been like to be around people again and you get better discussions uh, when everybody's face-to-face -face as opposed to people on a Zoom call that you'll get better feels for what they want? Well, first of all, my hat's off to, to you know, to Will and our, our crew the way we did it last year. I thought uh, we adapted uh, after, you know, this, you know, Zoom call. I mean, it was just getting invented, I think, uh, you know, when the draft hit. And so uh, I think we... All right, there it is. Uh, we wanted to go live and let you hear kind of what was going on there. And uh, some interesting stuff coming out of Frisco. Uh, you know, you always know right before a draft, you got sometimes you got all sorts of uh, misinformation that's being thrown out there. So um, it was uh, 
I, I thought a really interesting thing right as we were getting ready to come on, something I wanted to share with you. Jerry Jones, when asked about wanting to improve the defense, but the possibility of an elite offensive player being there at pick 10, he said, and I quote him, don't be stupid over your needs. Uh, what is exciting about the 10th pick is you got a chance to do something unconventional. All right, this is typical, Jerry, where they where he kind of like, okay, what does this mean? Where are they headed with this? Um, it, it probably means that, and he wouldn't clarify if he's talking about going up or going down. It's still far more likely if the Cowboys could still feel like they get a great defensive player and we'll talk more about this, in fact, coming up at uh, 140. This will be your place. If you want more draft news, uh, this is your place. You've come to the right place. Uh, uh, a conversation that I had, uh, uh, Ed Werder and I got on the phone yesterday. Ed, Ed Werder's longtime ESPN Cowboys reporter. And we had a, a long visit with a guy named Jim Nagy, who is at ESPN now. He's director of the Senior Bowl. So if you love the NFL draft, uh, I think you're really going to enjoy something coming up here at 140 we're going to get into all that but um uh steve uh, steven simcox i uh i i have to think when jerry said that and i and and great job by you steven and uh, not to pull back the curtain too much but he had already put together a bunch of things we could use from the draft uh from the pre-draft news conference and then suddenly uh, we decided to go live with it and so steven is extremely good at at uh at doing things on the fly, which working with me, you have to be because I'm I, uh, uh, speaking of unconventional. But but Stephen, I, I, in my mind, when I hear Jerry say something along those lines of, hey, we can do something unconventional at 10. Well, there's a couple things at work here. They did acknowledge how great it is that all those quarterbacks are going to be taken. There's also always the chance, Stephen, that um, there's somebody right back behind the Cowboys. I'm thinking of the Redskins. No, no, no. Redskins are at eight, aren't they? Redskins are at eight. So the Redskins are probably going to be looking for quarterback. Could Trey Lance be there available to them? And could a team behind the Cowboys, say the Eagles, whoever it was, Eagles went down to 12. Um, is there anybody behind the Cowboys you usually don't want to be trading with your uh, you know, division rival? But is there anybody that would want to come up and get that 10 spot to try to get a quarterback? Okay, is there is Lance dropping? Is Justin Fields dropping? Who is dropping? Mac Jones is is. Are we convinced for sure that the 49ers are going to take Mac Jones? So, Stephen, my interpretation of Jerry saying we could do something unconventional at ten, sort of is Jerry suggesting that he might be able to move around a little bit with that pick. It, it, at least that's just kind of my mm-hmm. what my gut's telling me after years of of hearing Jerry doublespeak. Yeah, I think he's definitely keeping his options open. And that's actually Carolina at eight. Washington's at 19 because they made the, the playoffs you this year. You are right. But, Washington, so that's, that, that's Matt Rule. Yeah. Carolina may need a quarterback at eight. Mm-hmm. Totally right. But Washington can come up at 19. There's also the Patriots at 15. Maybe they try to come up if, you know, can't. they got Cam for another year, but we'll see what they do. They've been loading up in free agency this year. There are some options there. Um, yeah, Philly is currently at 12, the Giants at 11. Um, those are not necessarily teams you think of quarterbacks, but Philly, we'll see. I mean, how sold they are on Jalen Hurts. The Cowboys are in a nice little position here. I think at 10, you're going to have – if you if you decide on draft day, like, we're going defense, 
You'll have a lot of options. You could even probably trade back and still get that done. Uh, but if one of these offensive players drops and you say, well, we can't pass up on this guy, you could take him. Um, they are in a good spot. And, yeah, I definitely feel like Jerry is keeping uh, keeping everything on the table so nobody tries to box him into something before Thursday night. If, if Sertan or uh, J.C. Horn is there, it, it just seems like those are both great players. And, again, at 140 here coming up, we'll, we'll let you kind of take a peek inside the differences. We really delve deeply into the differences of those guys. So, uh, Stephen's done a good job of taking an interview we did yesterday and really trying to get you the gist of it and, and the most important part. So, uh, an exciting day ahead of you. Um, and, and we'll talk a little bit more about that. I, I want to update you. I appreciate everybody. We heard from a lot of folks. You can continue to text us, CNC Collision text line, if you've got things to say about Kim Mulkey. Hey, I'm like a lot of you. That was tough hearing yesterday. That was tough hearing her uh, uh, at another school. Um, what did she say about Baylor? All of those things coming up next as we continue to uh, cover uh, one of the biggest stories we've seen uh, at Baylor in some time. Uh, that is next. Nobody has a better selection of light and heavy-duty Ram pickup trucks than Cameron Autoplex, where they say it's always cheaper in Cameron. This is a Fox 44 weather update. I'm Chief Meteorologist Mike LaPointe. Mostly cloudy skies today with a 30% chance of showers and storms. Highs top out at 80 degrees. Mostly cloudy skies continue tonight with a 30% chance of storms. We drop to 70 and tomorrow mostly cloudy skies with a 60% chance of showers and thunderstorms and a high of 85. Join me every weeknight during Fox 44 News at 536 and 9 for your forecast first. Plus check out fox44news.com for any changes in the weather. Hey, have you thought about buying your first home and weren't sure where to start or if you qualify? Well, it's Matt Mosley from the Matt Mosley Show with Stephen Simcox. NeighborWorks Waco has been assisting Central Texans in the home buying process for the past 27 years, and they are ready to assist you. Not enough money for down payment or low credit score? NeighborWorks Waco has programs that help you improve your credit score, and they help you get the best loan with the least out-of-pocket expense. Plus, to make sure you know what to look for, in selecting that perfect home for you and your family, call 254-752-1647 or visit the website at nw-waco.org to get started. NeighborWorks Waco is currently operating with social distancing protocol in place so that you can access our programs knowing your safety is their highest priority. NeighborWorks Waco is your trusted source for home ownership the right way. In the market for a new metal roof? Since 1943, Pioneer Steel and Pipe has helped Central Texas residential and commercial customers with metal roofs that are impact, fire, and windstorm resistant and will lower your insurance considerably. Your roof will be figured correctly, and they offer a wide variety of panels and colors to make sure it looks sharp. Everyone wants to protect their hard-earned assets from harsh Texas weather, and a metal roof is the best way to protect your home. Pioneer Steel and Pipe, with locations in Waco and Bryan, and at PioneerBoys.com. Ram Truck Month is back at Cameron Autoplex in Cameron, Texas. Everyone knows Cameron Autoplex is your Central Texas Truck Authority, and the deals don't get any better than during Ram Truck Month. During this event, qualified buyers get 0% for 84-month financing on any new Ram 1500 Crew Cab or OnStar. And if you need a heavy-duty Ram to get the job done, we've got that too. 
This is a limited time event, so hurry into Cameron Autoplex. There's a reason why people say it's always friendlier and cheaper in Cameron. Southwest Sports Medicine and Orthopedics, the team physicians of Baylor Athletics. Our doctors specialize in the diagnosis and treatment of any and all sports-related injuries. Celebrating over a decade of service to Central Texas, our doctors are equipped to handle a wide range of issues. Whether it's your foot or ankle, your hand or wrist, knee and shoulder pain, or you're in need of our arthritis and total joint clinic, trust the doctors that Baylor trusts. Southwest Sports Medicine and Orthopedics, our goal is to get you back in the game. With so many companies and policies out there, it gets so confusing shopping for insurance, and I never know if I'm getting the policy that's right for me. Luckily, I met the team at the Nitchy Group Insurance Agency. With the Nitchy Group, you can go to one company and get access to coverage options from many insurance carriers, and you get to speak to a real person about your specific coverage needs. With the Nitchy Group, I know I'm getting the right coverage at the right price. If you need insurance, talk to the experts at the Nitchy Group at 1-800-258-8302. Have you been tagged yet again in an engagement ring photo? Are hints being dropped all around you? Rest assured, Diamore Fine Jewelers has been rescuing men seeking the perfect ring for over 25 years. Come in with a picture of her dream ring and we'll make it a reality. With our five-year financing, custom design team, and selection of diamonds, we'll make the whole process fun and enjoyable. Diamore Fine Jewelers on West Waco Drive. ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Ward Wines with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update, brought to you by Slovacic Sausage and West. Otani was able to pitch and hit his way to a win over the Rangers 9-4 last night. He hit his seventh league-leading home run yesterday to become the first home run leader to be a starting pitcher since Babe Ruth. After giving up four in the first, he doubled and scored to tie the game back up at four. He then shut the Rangers down. Rangers and Angels tonight, 7.05 first pitch, and you can catch that game on Kicker 1590 and 99.3 FM. Baylor Baseball to host Prairie View A&M tonight, first pitch at 6.30, and you can hear that game on ESPN Central Texas. Baylor Softball in action today as well, as they'll host number one Oklahoma in a doubleheader. Game one at four, and you can hear all the action on 101.3 FM. Sports Center every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. thing a lot going on a lot going on i got a call yesterday Stephen, to, to uh to be on uh uh it, they're doing a big story on jeff ireland and i guess he's pretty private with the saints you know and of course that interview he did with us kind of got a lot of notice some things he said about uh james winston i think the big one that he said was He'll get more in one year with this staff, talking about Sean Payton, than he did the rest of his career. And, of course, that didn't go over so well with Arians and all those guys. All Arians did is go win a Super Bowl. Now, he needed the greatest quarterback of all time to get that done. Steven, also, uh, it was kind of cool. The, uh, the, the, uh, yesterday, um, I, just, I, I always read the paper. I still love the Waco Trib. I love the Dallas Morning News. I just love – I used to write for the Morning News for years, so – 
I still love the paper. And um, some stuff that we had, uh, uh, you know, when I talked to Kim and some of the quotes she gave me were used in the morning news. And, uh, and of course, ESPN Central Texas was uh, was credited. So, Stephen, I thought you would enjoy that. I know you always like it when we are featured in uh, statewide newspapers and, and places like that. So I thought you would like to know that. Okay? Because Lord knows. Uh, anyway, that's good. That's good, Stephen. Uh, <laughs> good deal. I'm going to add that to my resume. That's good stuff. Yeah, you should. You should. We were mentioned in the Dallas Morning News. So we appreciate uh, uh, everybody. We got a lot of feedback on, on our Mulkey. You know, all we can do is try to be honest with you about what we know. What we tried not to do is get caught up in – all this he said, she said, and who's right, and who did this, and on the way out. I mean, it, it's, uh, as I stated yesterday, nothing with Kim is ever, like, cut and dry. Nothing is like, well, okay, she had a great run here, and let's all be happy. As she goes, that's not how it works. I mean, I get it, and I appreciate all the Baylor people, especially the coaches and the people at Baylor who've reached out because she's meant a lot to them, okay? There are some people that love Kim to death that are coaches and administrators at Baylor, there are some people who don't. That's it. That's it. But when you have a, a polarizing-type personality, that's going to be the way. Steven, I mean, there are people who love our show, love me, love you, people who don't. That's okay. That's okay. We just have to learn to live with that. What's funny is, Steven, you'll have people in life that will come to you and go, did you see the comments? Mostly, did you see what they were saying? And, Stephen, what I would always say to that is just don't read them. Like, that's not a, the way to go through life is to not like go around reading comments and spending a lot of time in, um, what do you call those things, Stephen? Message boards. Like, that'll take years off your life. Uh, well, they said, they said that Mac did this or she went to this. Listen, she's gone. I mean, let's deal with the facts at hand. She's gone. Now, we'll hopefully, here in the coming days, We'll have Mac. I have. Uh, uh, I've talked to uh, Baylor about a few weeks ago. I was trying to get uh, President Livingstone on to talk about w- winning the national title, and they were going to make that happen. And obviously, we just kind of got distracted by other things. Um, and now, Stephen, um, <laughs> I was asking for the president because of this monkey thing, and she's involved. I mean, she's at the very top, so obviously. She was, they reached out to her, and I'm sure Kim at some point visited with her, and there was a back and forth there. So I want to hear from the president of Baylor. And more than Stephen, tell you what, what Baylor fans are owed, and, and I think everybody understands this, they're owed more than like a statement. All right, when you live and die with a program, you want to hear from the people uh, in, in these situations. You want to hear from the decision makers. And, and, and one of the huge questions is, how did this happen? Okay? And, and, and if the answer is, well, she just wanted to go home. She just wanted to go home to LSU. No, no, no. I don't think that's the answer. Um, but, but the bottom line is she's gone. She, Kim Mulkey will never coach another game at Baylor. That's a strange thing to, to try to get your – uh, your arms around and um, I uh, and and Stephen, we we do have a little bit now. Did you see yesterday? Um, did you happen to see the uh, greeting that that Kim Mulkey had with Ed Orgeron? Uh, go Tigers! Go Tigers! And by the way, Stephen, uh, the fake Ed Orgeron offered to come on with us 
but I just felt like it was a little too soon. Like, to go straight into comedy yesterday, <laughs> it seemed like the wrong way to go. Now, later this week, we might have some some fake, fake, fake Coach O, okay? We all need to laugh a little bit. Yesterday seemed like more of a time of mourning, more of a time to be angry, you know, all that kind of thing. So um, it'll be interesting. And, again, we're the flagship for Baylor University, so obviously we're trying to get uh, Mac and, and uh, the president on to speak with us, and I know that'll happen quickly. I know that'll happen soon because um, uh, Baylor folks want to hear from them, and I think that's important. All right, Stephen, let's, uh, let's hear Kim, and it wouldn't be Kim unless there was some COVID-related type deal going on. Stephen, how did she open her press conference? Well, I'm going to take this damn mask off. Because mm-hmm. I have a lot to say. Okay. All right. And uh, in case you missed it, she kind of flinged it across the, 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 uh, the, the lectern or whatever you call it, the podium. She just kind of flinged it, flew it out there across the way. And, uh, and Kim, Kim said, she wanted, I mean, Stephen, do we feel like Kim is, I mean, has, um, has she had to wear her mask too much? Do you feel like people are following her home? Kim, are you have, do you have your mask on? I feel like Kim does what Kim wants to do. All right. So I, I would have a hard time thinking now being in the bubble and doing all that. And, and obviously her comments on um, testing and all of that, the Final Four, everybody remembers that. So Kim is, uh, Kim is going to speak her mind on that front. And let's not, let's not jeer at that because, honestly, that's one of the things we all loved about her. And, and, uh, and that, you know, she stood, up to every, she stood up for our university for a lot of years, and it's just crazy to see her representing another school. And in that purple, and in that whatever she did, Stephen, what was that thing she did with Coach O? Did she make some kind of like Louisiana? Was it? it that was a kind of an interesting greeting that we saw there. Yeah, that was an interesting greeting. She kind of uh, gave a hey, hey, Coach O. I guess she was trying to do an impersonation. Okay. Um, I, I just think Kim likes a good bit. I mean, she like the mask thing was obviously just theater. She immediately steps to the podium and flings that off. Yeah. And. Then I saw a video when she was talking to Coach O, and she asked him like what parish he was from, and he at the end of his answer he said yes, ma'am, and she said don't ma'am me, I'm younger than you. <laughs> oh man, oh goodness. As I as I explained to her recently, you know one of the things that keeps coming up, Stephen, is, um. Well, LSU needs something positive to happen. And I think Kim, and she is, she's a shot in the arm to that university at a time when, well, they've got all new allegations. They're going through some of the same things Baylor went through several years ago. And uh, as I reminded Kim recently, Stephen, I said, well, they won a national title in football like two seasons ago, Kim. Like, I don't, I don't know that they need a whole lot of – I mean, let's not – I guess what I was trying to tell her, Stephen, was let's not like make a decision based on trying to give a another university something positive. You know, it's like <laughs> bottom line is it was it was her last shot to 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 go somewhere else and have a go at this thing, and now she's going to do it. Will she have the similar success to Baylor? I 
it, I don't know how long she wants to coach. I mean, I would say she needs to coach until she's 70 to come close to anything like she's done at Baylor. So will she win a national title at LSU? I don't know. I would I would put the odds at like 10 to 1. Yeah, maybe that's not fair. Maybe what Steven, I don't know. I I've, I've tried to forget all about gambling. What's a what's better odds than that? I don't 2 to 1's too good of odds. 3 to 1, give her 3. Give her I give her 4 to 1 odds to win a national title at LSU, okay? Cuz it's not easy to go in there and just flip the switch and, and do it. Although if she's hearing that now, that just I I just guarantee that she's going to do it. Um but you know, to win one of these things, as she as she said, Stephen, you can't just expect it the next year. Like I, I think it, I think she understands. She's about to turn fifty nine. I think she knows she needs two or three years to truly have a go at this thing, to recruit like she needs to, and to truly go into the Final Four and have a shot. I think she needs three years, and she, I think she knows that too. Like I don't think she's hearing that going, Mosley, you're you're out of your mind. All right, um, what did Kim uh, – this is Kim talking about what she told the Baylor players. What did I tell my players? It's what you can imagine. When you invest in a young person's life and you tell them you're leaving, you feel a great sense of remorse, um, sadness, because they came – to an institution because of you and the program that you built. So you can imagine it was a many, many tears shed. And all I could tell them was I was going home, that I was going home and that I loved them and that I hoped that they could understand and not be angry at me, but it's just a feeling in my gut that it was time to go home. All right, yeah, a feeling in, um, well, it sounds kind of like a country song. It was a feeling in my gut that it was time to go home. It almost sounds like death or something, Stephen, but she, in, in her case, she's talking about Baton Rouge, which is not really home. Tickfall, I guess, is not that far away. Ruston was where she cut her teeth, both as a player and a coach. And then for 21 years, we were your home, Kim. Come on. I mean, I really feel like Kim had become a Texan, so I, I, I don't know. 21 years, raised her family, raised those kids here in, uh, in our Fairburg in Central Texas. So we claim her. They're going to claim her. Everybody's going to claim her that these things happen. Um, what was it that uh, made her go to LSU? This doesn't just happen with a phone call. It takes a lot of people pulling a lot of strings and committing to women's basketball. I've been at Baylor 21 years of my life. I built that program from the ground up. I should say we built that program from the ground up. Can you believe there's only one institution I would have left for, and they made the commitment, and I'm home. All right. Only one. And... um... And maybe you know again, it's home, and that fits. That fits okay. I mean, I I guess if you just kind of want to move on with all our lives, um, it's just this is incredibly. What I've wanted to do, Stephen, is let our people who listen to us and want to hear our take on all this, um, let them have a forum and not be the one telling them, "Oh, you got to move on. Oh, I got to see who the next coach is," because this is a grieving type period. This is a 
this is a a a monster program. She took she took a athletics department that was in a horrible situation, and she gave gave us hope and gave us something to be excited about. So, I pardon me if I don't just immediately turn on her. Now that doesn't mean I'm not gonna like you know go crazy for the new coach and be excited and and want that coach to do great. And if they play LSU, my goodness, I want to stomp them. Okay, but I. I I I am going to resist any urge to sort of, here's what she did. She did this. She did that. I can't believe Kim acted like this. Well, can we, why should we all be shocked? We're going to be shocked that Kim kind of like on the way out may have, may have like, it might've been a little bit of messy. We're shocked by this. This is Kim. She doesn't hide who she is. It's the reason in the media, we love her. And then some of them, especially the national media, who don't really know her, will come in and rip her to shreds when she says something. I'm just saying, let's be a little careful. Let's not be so quick to go move on and go, oh, we're better off without her. That's stupid. Like, if the people that are saying that are just kind of like, whatever. I, I think the people who say that kind of stuff didn't really come to love women's basketball in the first place. And by the way, I was not, I don't want to act like, I bandwagoned this thing. I mean, I I knew, I, I since Jim Howler, since I was a kid, I followed the men's program. Did I know anything about what Pam Bowers was doing over there? Even when I was in school. And and, and I can't, they brought in, I think of Sonia Hogue was her name. I didn't know anything about women's basketball, but Kim made me care. I mean, you know, she was such an incredible personality. And so, and then I think having a daughter, I mean, that made me more excited about, I think, women's athletics and that kind of thing. But, but, but this whole thing like, oh, we're better off without her. Get out of here. Get out of here. Okay. You want to go put your pom-poms on, go over there to campus and try to song, sign up for song leader. You can go over there and just kind of get out in front and, and do some, do some herkies or whatever. But I, I'm not going to go that route. All right, Stephen, would you like more herky talk? Would you like some more cheerleading talk? That's really what um, we're missing, yeah. We we have uh, we have something really cool for you. Um, I and uh, Ed Warder and I yesterday had a chance to sit down with one of the preeminent draft experts in the country, uh, and we're going to share some of that conversation with you next. My house has a new glow. I love my window. here and many of you are realizing it's time to replace those old windows before the hot weather gets here. Call Universal Windows Direct of Central Texas and schedule an in-home consultation where you can discuss your specific window needs with an expert team member. Universal's exclusive Unishield windows are sealed with Duralight. That's a non-metal spacer that has life expectancy five times that of other systems. And they're offering 0% financing for 60 months. That's 0% financing for 60 months. Contact Universal Windows Direct of Central Texas for a free in-home estimate universal window central texas.com that's universal window central texas.com or call 254-301-7760 and be sure and check out their great google and angie list reviews i love my windows they've got that brand new home effect universal windows direct 
Rediscover the thrill of driving with power and exceptional handling and control in a new 2021 Cadillac from Richard Car Cadillac. Whether you drive the dynamic 2021 CT4 or CT5 sedan, or the sporty and spacious XT4, XT5, or XT6 lineup of SUVs, starting at only 32.9, the Cadillac of your dreams is waiting now to make your 2021 an exceptional year at an affordable price. Test drive from the expansive selection at Richard Car Cadillac, or let us bring a test drive to you. Go to richardcarcadillac.com to schedule a test drive today. Man alive, does it get hot in Central Texas. And when the temperature rises really high, it's really rough on your home's foundation. That's when you need to call the doctor. Here's Ronnie Weathorn, the foundation doctor. Hi there, I'm the foundation doctor, and I've been caring for your neighbor's foundation for many years. Are you in need of repair and having trouble sorting out all of the choices? Or do you feel pressured to go with the more expensive option to get the best warranty? We not only offer more solutions than anyone, but we tailor our warranties to you. If we're confident we can cure your issues with a less expensive option, we'll give you the best warranty. Because at The Foundation Doctor, we focus on the right solution for you. Our inspections are always free, so give us a call today at 863 8800 or look us up on the web at INeedTheDoctor.com. You got doors that are sticking or cracks in your walls? The Foundation Doctor will make a house call. ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Ward Wines with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update, brought to you by Slovacic Sausage and West. Otani was able to pitch and hit his way to a win over the Rangers 9-4 last night. He hit his seventh league-leading home run yesterday to become the first home run leader to be a starting pitcher since Babe Ruth. After giving up four in the first, he doubled and scored to tie the game back up at four. He then shut the Rangers down. Rangers and Angels tonight, 7.05 first pitch, and you can catch that game on Kicker 1590 and 99.3 FM. Baylor Baseball to host Prairie View A&M tonight. First pitch at 6.30, and you can hear that game on ESPN Central Texas. Baylor Softball in action today as well, as they'll host number one Oklahoma in a doubleheader. Game one at four, and you can hear all the action on 101.3 FM. Sports Center every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. Welcome back to the Matt Mosley Show presented by Central National Bank. Here's Matt Mosley. It's Mosley. It's Simcox. It's been a very eventful week. We've lost Kim. She's gone. What are we supposed to do? How do we go on with our lives? Well, we got to. We've got to find a way. Let's pick ourselves up off the ground and let's move on. And uh, uh, Kim's going to come on with us. Been talking to her and uh, visit with us as she... uh, and she kind of moves on, moves on, uh, but uh, it's pretty, uh, pretty wild times, I would say. But more, imp- uh, not more importantly, but I-, I just thought you guys would love this. It's draft week, and um, we had a chance to sit down yesterday with Jim Nagy, who's a uh, big-time NFL draft expert from ESPN and also uh, is director, executive director of the Senior Bowl, which William Bradley King was in. And uh, I just wanted to play, uh, we wanted to play some of this for you. So the first voice you'll hear is ESPN's Ed Werder, who's a uh, uh, longtime colleague of mine. And then I think you'll hear my voice as well as we talk to um, uh, the, the Jim Nagy about what the Cowboys are going to do and what they may be thinking about those uh, top three cornerbacks 
in the draft? I, I think the position, I think, I think the expectation that the Cowboys have created, uh, not only through the comments we've heard from Stephen Jones, their executive vice president of uh, player personnel, but also uh, added testimony from them allowing a t- franchise record 473 points last year, is that they're going to devote their premium picks when possible to defense. And uh, I think their hope at this point, Jim, is that uh, they'll get their pick, maybe the first defensive player off the board, um, and at least the best defensive corner off the board, which most people think is Alabama's Patrick Sertan. Um, But there are also people who think South Carolina's uh, J.C. Horn is in the equation. And if they were to move down, Caleb Farley, who's had an injury history, to overcome how do you evaluate those three those three players yeah they're all three they're three good players they all have length and size that dan quinn's gonna want Uh, i would add greg newsom from northwestern i think he's actually gonna be the the third corner to go i just based off the medicals farley might slip out uh, of the first i really think the decision comes down to patrick sertain or or jc horn um they're, they're a little bit different, but they both have size. They both tested incredibly well. Um, you know, I, I think Patrick is a really disciplined player, plays exactly how they want to play their defense in Alabama. He's stepped on campus, started 38 games. So obviously a smart guy, really good technician. Um, you know, if there's a little bit of a knock, it's playmaking ability. But I would, you, you like you say that out of one corner of your mouth, and then all you have to do is look at to Marlon Humphrey a couple of years ago. And that was the knock on Marlin coming out was he couldn't find the football. He couldn't play the football. I don't think that's Pat Sertain's issue at all. Um, You know, whereas J.C. Horn, you know, hasn't been talked about quite as much, uh, but brings in a little bit different skill set. He's just hyper aggressive. You know, if you like those in your face guys that love to challenge routes and jump routes and play with a lot of swagger, um, J.C. Horn's your kind of guy. So um, I think both would fit with what Dan's going to want to do there in Dallas. I mean, just going back to what we had in Seattle and guys like Richard Sherman and guys with length. And, and uh, yeah, I know Dan's going to want guys to come up and support the run and our tough players. I mean, you can't play in that defense without that. So Pat Sertain's a really tough guy. So is JC. So they're going to have two good options. I really think it could go either way. To me, it's a coin flip what Dallas does. When you think about that 10 position and what you just said was really interesting as far as who could be sort of pushed back down there. Some of the scenarios, people love to predict trades and they have the Cowboys. Could they move down to possibly 15? If, if they did that, Jim, do you, do you sense that Horn, maybe not Sertan, um, obviously maybe Newsom still there. Do you, do you feel like you could move down five spots and then get one of those high-level cornerbacks? Oh, Newsom's the one there at 15, and, and Sertain and Horn aren't there. I think, I think, Greg, I think he's, got the, he's got the best speed, and I would, I would argue that with anybody. I mean, his transition skills are elite. So um, I would do that. I, I'm a big believer in trading back. We did that a bunch in Seattle kind of what we believed in stockpile picks if you believe in how you've scouted it i um, believe in your staff you're going to get good players and especially in the second round when you get in that 25 to 45 range um, those are all really a lot of the same guys so if they could move back five spots and, and add a couple picks on day two it, to me that's worthwhile yeah i think it's going to be fascinating to watch and you're hearing the same thing we're hearing the cow pitts People are kind of laughing about Jerry falling in love with players. He did this with Johnny Manziel. There's always 
one player in particular that he falls in love with. And last year they had a great receiver in C.D. Lamb uh, fall to them. It, do you think there's any way in the world the Cowboys would make a play for him? And is it accurate, or are we overdoing it a little bit, to say that he's one of the great tight end prospects maybe of the last 10 to 15 years? I, it's just interesting. During the COVID, shortened COVID season, I think our natural thing is not to put too much emphasis on a shortened season, but this guy obviously, as you tweeted about, he was, he was really good the year before. And then last year, it, it, there were moments where it seemed like he was maybe one of the best to do it in some time. Where are you with him? Yeah, I mean, the first part of your question with, with Jerry, um, you know, he has been aggressive. I've been in draft rooms where he's had, had our team on the clock, you know, that, that year in Seattle when he was trying to trade up to get Paxton Lynch. And thank God that's one of those draft stories for Cowboys fans that didn't work out for him. And they, they ended up with uh, Dak Prescott as their fallback plan. But uh, so, so Jerry has shown the, you know, the, the tendency to be aggressive when he wants to be aggressive. Um, but I don't see that as the move this year. I really do. If anything, I move back. Um, but in regards to Kyle Pitts, he is. He's one of the, you know, you can, you can make the case he's the best one since Vernon Davis. Um, I think Vernon Davis would have broken Twitter had there been a Twitter when Vernon came out. Um, you know, such a good player on tape and the test numbers were off the charts. And Kyle's the closest thing we've seen. Um, I think that where, where Kyle's been done a little disservice through this draft talk um, was that he's been lumped in as kind of a pass catcher. And I understand why people are doing that. They're trying to get him in the conversation with, you know, the two Alabama receivers, Waddle and, and Smitty, and then Jamar Chase from LSU. So I, I get where that's come from. Um, but it's doing Kyle a disservice in the sense that he can play he can play the tight end position. You can put his hand in the ground and he can get people blocked. He's not one of these guys that just is a glorified big receiver like a jimmy graham i mean this this guy can this guy's going to be more than just getting in the way as a blocker um so i i don't think it's hyperbole to say he's the best one we've seen in the last 10 15 years as we talked about at the at the start you made the point about all the quarterbacks and that they'll push defensive players down to teams who prefer that such as the cowboys uh how do you have the top quarterbacks ranked and how many do you think are going to go in the top 10 well, Ed, I like to stay away from rankings in my position. Uh, that's where I'm different than all the other ESPN guys. I have a senior bowl job that I need to be responsible for. So the whole ranking thing doesn't usually set well with schools and agents. Um, so I like to stay away from that. Uh, but it's a it's a good class. And I, I, I totally appreciate your question. Um, I think the first two that come off make a lot of sense. Yeah, I mean, Trevor Lawrence makes a ton of sense to Jacksonville. I've, I've spent a lot of time on him. Uh, met him a couple years ago at the Manning camp. He's more than mature enough to handle it for Jacksonville. Zach Wilson jumps off tape. I mean, he's a really, really easy tape evaluation. Other than there's the obvious quality of opponent that they won against at BYU this year. I, I get that part of it. But in terms of the physical stuff, the athleticism, arm talent, I mean, it's all there. And then the other, the other three guys all bring something to the table. They're all very different, though. You know, you really – you could hear a case for all three guys. I think Mac Jones to San Francisco makes sense. Um, he really does. I mean, the way he plays from the pocket and plays from the neck up, a lot of people are scoffing at that right now, and they're saying he's not athletic enough, and he's a, you know, he's a dinosaur. I don't, I don't believe that at all. I believe when you're as good as he is in those areas in terms of accuracy, pocket feel, um, you know, decision-making, guys have been winning at that level for – forever with that style of game you don't have to be Russell Wilson or Patrick Mahomes to win a Super Bowl nowadays I really don't I don't believe in that at all 
Justin, Justin Fields might have the best tools of any of them in terms of athleticism, arm, talent combination. And then Trey Lance. I mean, he's, he's a really, really intriguing prospect. He's just coming from a small school. So there's, there's more projection with, with Trey Lance, but I, I do, I would buy into the fact that people say in three to four years, Trey Lance could be the best one. I'd have a hard time. I'd have a hard time fighting against that. So I think it just comes down to these teams, particular needs and, and what they want at the position, but there's all something there. There's some years where you see guys really pushed into the first round and, and it doesn't make sense. And I've graded a lot of those players over the years. I mean, thank God I didn't have most of them in the first round, but, uh, but, but I don't think any of these guys are being pushed. I really don't. I think, I think they're all deserving. I, um, I was going to ask you about the, uh, the Lance thing fascinates me. You know, it's funny how, I had a major insider I, we, the other day basically say, well, he's the guy who could fall the most. And then with the last 24 hours, there's a report he could go three overall. So we're getting close to the draft because you can tell with all this information, it, the Lance seems to be the most – there's just so much sort of unknown about him. Like compare the – for instance – what you knew about Wentz a few years ago, who obviously came from the same school, is it like light years more than you know about Trey Lance? Is it? Is it I mean, because obviously Wentz went very, very high. Um, and and is there a comp? Like, who's your favorite comp for for Trey Lance? And I've even heard some people say Dak Prescott of the Cowboys. Yeah, they, Dak's a good comp, um, but Dak went in the fourth round, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Dak wasn't Dak when he was coming out of Mississippi State, or at least a lot of people didn't think he was. Um, but I can see there's a big variance on Trey. I mean, I, I, I know the people around him very well. Um, talked to the guys at North Dakota State. We had a couple of his teammates at the Senior Bowl, Jabril Cox being one of them. And they all say great things about him. So super smart, super intelligent, from the you know super mature from the get-go at North Dakota State. Like there was never a weird transition period where he had to work through being a, a young knucklehead or anything like he – He's ready to go that way. It's just that he hasn't played a ton of football. The play, the football he has played has been very good, but then it's the level of comp concern. No FBS opponents. I mean, the Oregon game this year would have been a huge stage for him to play on at Autzen Stadium. He didn't get that. He couldn't come play in the Senior Bowl because he was only a redshirt sophomore. So there, there's just more unknowns. You know, sometimes the unknowns make us, uh, you know, they get a little more enamored with the player when we don't know the whole thing. So I, I could see him going three. I think he would make sense in San Francisco. Um, and I could see him falling a little bit because teams really don't know what they're going to get. Either way, I don't think you want to rush him out of the field. I really don't. I think when you're in Fargo and you're winning every game and you essentially walk on water in that with that fan base, wherever he's going, there's going to be a big burden on him to come in and play at a high level. So uh, to me, Atlanta seems like a great situation because he could go sit behind Matt Ryan for a year. Um, and really learn and get comfortable. But but you're right. I mean, I think he's the most volatile stock in the whole draft on where he goes. Well, I like that. I like that ending right there, Stephen. The most volatile – what did he say? The most volatile stock in the whole draft as far as where he goes? Is that That's what correct. Said? Trey Lance. Yeah, Trey Lance. Yeah. Well, Rappaport's got him up there, maybe number three. You feel like Rappaport came on with us, and then he – then you got some more feedback. Steve, should we get Rappaport back on this week? Who do we want this week? Schefter, Rappaport, Mulkey. Who else do you want, Stephen? Uh, we'll just kind of name it. I'd like to have President Livingstone and Mac Rhodes on. They're, they're two of our uh, most uh, loyal listeners. If you're out there, we'd love to have you. 
and uh, hopefully we'll hear from Mac uh, this afternoon. I, uh, I uh, hopefully uh, Tom will have him, and that'll be great to kind of hear from uh, Mac and see kind of what uh, where where this thing is headed. Okay, how do we lose Kim, and then where is this search headed? Not going to tell us everything, Stephen. I don't think you're going to come out and give us all the candidates or anything like that. But you know, I the question I have is kind of is there any way to I, I my gut's telling me that you can't you you can't um, as as nice as it would be to be able to keep somebody from that staff, kind of like what Texas Tech did with Chris Beard. I I think you're gonna. I think you're probably going to have to go outside the Baylor family, and I'm talking about the, the, the current staff, and go find somebody. And when I say go find somebody, I'm talking big time, big time. I'm talking get out there and bring in somebody <clears throat> that's going to blow people away. You can't afford not to. You can't afford – this is not a gig that you could be like, well, we got found somebody over here across the street, good coach, you're doing a good job over there. Hey, Stephen, whatever happened to our buddy – I like I like but the uh, Mary Harden Baylor was he did he used to be on on uh, Scott Drew's staff I like that guy oh yeah Mark Morfield um, they didn't not, yeah yeah they he's at UMHB he's their women's coach okay I'm not saying that's the way to go I'm just saying I really like that guy and I like what I like the way he coaches uh, he would be really good on a staff is what I'm telling you okay uh, Stephen that's all I have for you today. And uh, and John Morse, great work by you. We've had a lot. We've had we've had a Cowboys news conference. We had a Mulkey news conference that we were kind of reacting to, and then we had a, a visit with uh, with uh, Jim Nagy, the executive senior bowl president uh, director, and then also a guy who was with the Seahawks for a lot of years. So uh, really, really has been some some great stuff, and uh, great to uh, share it with you. All right, we're going to turn it over to John Morris, the voice of the Bears. Two o'clock, he'll take over. Good night, everybody.